listening. This is Free Talk Live, radio that you control. Free Talk Live, where you handle the airwaves. Free Talk Live all across the country. I'm Guard. And I'm Julia. And you can give us a call. You can go to freetalklive.com. You can get involved with the forum and get involved with us. Anything you want to talk about on this Saturday night all across the country and into Canada, you can do so. Just give us a call. Julia, it's good to be here. I haven't filled in for quite a while. How you doing? I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm filling in for Ian or Mark. Who? Uh, you can be Ian. I'll be Ian. Okay. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I, I guess Ian and I sort of have the same physical structure, don't right. we? Right. And Mark and I sort of have the same physical structure. Yeah, but don't they call him Manwich? Uh, they used to. Okay. Okay, very good, very good. All right, give us a call. Freetalklive.com is the website. If you are so inclined, you can get in touch with us through our website. You can also watch us live, and that is going to be a a pleasure for you, absolutely, because I'm all adorned in my – I got all dressed up for you, Julia, tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've got a lot to discuss, so if you want to discuss anything with us, bring it up. We've got many stories here that have really been on our minds for quite a while. While, and uh, I really want to get into these things. We'll introduce a couple stories, give you the number, and, uh, and then we'll just roll with it. Julia, what do we want to discuss as we look at the panoply of stories regarding freedom? There are a couple things that really show us that our Fourth Amendment rights are being attacked right now all over the United States and, and in many other countries. They've already been eroded. Uh, why don't we talk uh, just very briefly about a couple of these major stories? Uh, first off, in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, there is a, an amazing story about a local municipality that is interested in passing an ordinance that would require citizens of Cedar Falls to provide the government keys. They would have to have keys available to the government to their commercial properties via lockboxes. Sounds like Al Gore when he was talking about uh, Social Security. Well, there's a lockbox for that. Yeah, sure there is. So uh, there's going to be a lockbox for you pretty soon getting into your wife's house after you guys have a divorce, Al. So anyway, uh, they're going to have to provide lockboxes, which will include businesses, apartments, and some rental houses. And on June 13th... Did you say this was commercial properties? It's supposed to be commercial properties. So I guess that would include being able to get into the apartment buildings, but we don't know whether it would include getting into the apartments themselves. It's ambiguous here because the apartment building would be considered the purview of the apartment building owner, the business owner, right. but the other places would be private property? We don't know. Well, if they write the law like that, then they can pretty much do whatever they want at the time and, and they're still they can still go to sleep at night. Absolutely. And either way, it is still private property, whether right. it's uh you know considered uh considered uh, business or anything anything like that. So this is the sort of thing that's happening right now in the United States and to me, this is a clear abridgment of the Fourth Amendment, uh, no warrants in any way whatsoever. And this is the sort of thing that's happening all over the place. If you look at uh, the TSA, they tell you you've got an option. You can get aboard a plane, but now they're interceding. In a, in a way, what's happening is they're saying, well, you've got a choice. You can either get groped, you can get scanned, or you can not fly, which is, of course, a non, non-choice. They're pretending it's a choice. They're saying, well, you know... You don't have to fly. So, and what they've done is they have put themselves between you and the airline with which you might have 
freely contracted before as private entities. It's a shame, too, because I, I try as hard as I can not to ever fly. I know. I know. If it's, I have to, I will. And, but I dread it because the, the process of, of getting on the plane is so annoying. You know, even though I have nothing to hide, it's so degrading that I just I, I avoid it at all costs. Unbelievable. There's so much to discuss here. Uh, a lot of these things fall under the, the purview of what they call unconstitutional conditions. We'll get into that in just a minute. Let me introduce the second story for you. Um, the second story deals with British people on a cruise uh, cruise ship. Uh, it's the headline from the Telegraph.uk says elderly passengers on board a luxury cruise have criticized U.S. immigration officials after they endured a seven-hour security check. It was billed as a chance to taste the glitz and glamour of Hollywood or enjoy VIP treatment in some of the most exclusive shopping areas in the world. But when a group of 2,000 elderly British cruise ship passengers docked at Los Angeles for a short stop-off during a five-star cruise around America, it was, in the words of one of them, more like arriving at Guantanamo Bay. During their 10,000-pound, two-and-a-half-month Alaska adventure tour from the Arctic to the Caribbean, the passengers on the luxury cruise liner Arcadia had become more than accustomed to passing U.S. immigration with little formality. By the time they docked at Los Angeles on May 26th for a one-day visit, it was their 10th stop on U.S. soil. But when a handful of them questioned whether the lengthy security checks at the port were strictly necessary for a group of elderly travelers, the officials were not amused. Although they had already been given advance clearance for multiple entries to the country during their trip, all 2,000 passengers were made to go through full security checks in a process which took seven hours to complete, get this, Julia. The fingerprints of both hands were taken, as well as retina scans and a detailed check of the passport, wow. as well as questioning as to their background. Pa- passengers claimed that the extra checks were carried out in revenge for what had been a minor spat over allegedly overzealous security. They complained that they were herded like animals and made to stand for hours in temperatures up to 80 degrees Fahrenheit with no food or water or access to, as the British say, lavatories. Those are a couple of the stories. Give us a call at 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. Radio, you control. If you want to talk about these or any of the other topics that might be on your mind, Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. I'm Gard. She's Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark, who are away right now, plotting more ways to expand the purview of freedom. Julia, I mentioned the topic of unconstitutional conditions, mm-hmm. and it might sound like a dry sort of thing. Unconstitutional. Welcome to class, children. Blah, blah, blah. But unconstitutional conditions is a term that I think is going to be applied more and more. You know, over I, I do the, a website. Everybody's called LibertyConspiracy.com, and I do audios over there. And I recently did an audio about how I believe the unconstitutional conditions are going to grow. Now, what does that mean? Unconstitutional conditions have been around for a while, but they're really expanding apace. And what they are are requirements by the federal government, state government, or local government that in order to get something, you must give up a constitutional right. Now, there have been cases in the past, Supreme Court cases and things like that in the past, where um, different 
government officials, federal and state officials, particularly in, in Detroit, Michigan, where they wanted to be able to enter an apartment building and enter the individual apartments without search warrants. And because they wanted to search for drugs, there was a little boy who had been killed in a drug uh, gang drug thing outside some uh, federal housing unit. And they said, all right, everybody, if you are going to stay here, you will have to agree to have a warrantless search done on your apartment. Now, that went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled uh, ixnay on the uh, whatever your pig Latin thing is, ixnay on the no-nay or whatever it is. You've got to have a warrant to go in. Now, they fudge these things. They often say instead of a warrant, it has to be probable cause. The policeman on hand has to have probable cause, which is which is also bogus because the Constitution of the United States requires that a warrant be issued. Right. And what is probable cause? If I'm a cop and I want to get into a house, couldn't I just say, hmm, I smell marijuana outside that house? That's probable cause. They do that all the time. And the Supreme Court recently ruled, again, an abridgment of your Fourth Amendment rights, that if a police officer believes that evidence is going to be destroyed inside an apartment or a lodging, they can go in without knocking, without a warrant or anything. They can bust in because they think the evidence is going to be destroyed. Again, another victim to the so-called war on drugs, which is a destruction of the English language. There is no war. It is unconstitutional, and it is against freedom. All of these things are happening now, and it started a long time ago, and it's going to increase with the so-called war on terror and things like that. We'll get your opinion on this, and if you want to, give us a call all around the country, everywhere in the universe. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. So you've got bitcoins. We've been talking about them here on the show. Lots of people have been buying them recently. The popularity has been surging. But what can you do with them? Well, you can spend them. And you can spend them on all your everyday needs at ftl.spendbitcoins.com. Through ftl.spendbitcoins.com, you can purchase all the stuff you need with your bitcoins. Why have bitcoins if you can't spend them? So spend them if you've got them. That's FTL, as in freetalklive.spendbitcoins.com. ftl.spendbitcoins.com. You are with Free Talk Live, radio that you control. Go to freetalklive.com and communicate with all the other folks who are discussing so many ideas and thoughts that are important to your individual liberty and creative liberty. And call us at 800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231, toll free. We are two people filling in for Ian and Mark, and we would love to hear from you. I'm Gard, and... I'm Julia. And Julia has something to let you know about. Get your liberty message to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different liberty sayings. Check them out and let your voice be heard. LibertyStickers.com. I like it. LibertyStickers.com. One of the great things about coming in to fill in on Free Talk Live, Julia, is that I know that Ian and Mark are not only good with the callers, they're not only good with the ideas. You know, they, they work things out. They talk about things that typically aren't discussed on a lot of talk radio shows. 
uh, especially on Saturday nights, they'll they'll take people who might not be totally into the libertarian frame of mind and sort of talk to people and say, well, what do you think about this? And introduce some new concepts and things like that. And they're also really good with their advertisers. So uh, congratulations, you guys are advertising on Free Talk Live. Well, we open up the show just introducing a couple a couple ideas uh, because I haven't been on for a while and I have a couple things that are really starting to stick in my craw, LG Grande here. And uh, Julie and I were talking about it before the program started. And we want to get your opinions about these ideas or any others. And I think you can call us right off the bat about these things or anything you want to discuss. One of them is in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and um, it, it deals with uh, the municipality trying to pass an ordinance to require private property owners that are business owners, so they claim that it's de facto public property, to have to require a, them to have a key available in a lockbox outside of the place. The practicalities of that are very clear. Um, hello, going to break into the lockbox if I'm a robber. And also, um, how is that possible that a government can require that of people? I thought the government was there to protect our property. Now they can have access to it any time in order to protect us? Hmm, sounds sort of like our Fourth Amendment rights are being abridged. But they're being abridged all over the place, even tourists coming in from England. And, of course, we know a lot of Tea Party people think, well, they are foreigners and they don't have constitutionally protected rights. Um, The point is that the government is supposed to operate in a certain fashion, whether you are an American citizen or you're not an American citizen. It doesn't matter. Right. I would say that America, anyone coming to America should feel that it is the most enjoyable um, experience coming into the country. It should be the exact opposite. (laughs) It should be the the best place to come because of the lack of uh, of this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. These people, these British elderly British people were taken off a cruise line and forced to wait for seven hours and 80 degree temperatures as they were checked by the TSA. Yes, that wonderful TSA, which has completely now, invaded airports. It's a cruise ship. Oh, the TSA works on boats now. At the Port Authority in order mm. to come in uh, in, uh, in the, on the West Coast or any coast now, they have to, you have to pass through these metal detectors and all these things, and it's just like coming through customs. And uh, these folks, well, they didn't like it, and they have a right to not like it because we shouldn't like it when we are screened and groped by the TSA and we're given the false choice of not flying because now they're blocking our path. Or having our privacy invaded without a warrant presented. Let's go to the phones and find out what you want to discuss. We have a call right now coming in from WFLA. David is on the line in Tampa. David, welcome to Free Talk Live. You're on with Gard and Julia. Hi there. I want to pose a couple of questions to you. One kind of relates to the other, but both of them relate to the loss of freedoms. Yeah. The, uh, the ability of a police officer to now break into a place without a warrant or without having to go to a judge or whatever, if he thinks evidence will be destroyed. Yeah. My question is, when does law enforcement discretion become law enforcement misconduct? (laughs) Well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, You have a couple layers. Yeah, go ahead. The corollary question to that relates back to the Duke lacrosse lawyer, prosecutor, was when does prosecutorial discretion become prosecutorial misconduct? Well, it's interesting because uh, those are all nuances within a state framework that I reject, and and there are reasons I reject it, because once you've built the mechanism, it's always open to be used and abused by the government entities. I think that private arrangements uh, work much better, but let's look at it from your your uh, your initial posit in the call, David, and thank you very much for the call. Um, I I look at it this way. 
He says, for example, when you have uh, prosecutorial misconduct or what's the difference between police misconduct or or, uh, police judgment? And that's usually left up to the courts. And first, it's left up to the police officers. Uh, The police administrators might find that there was a problem if they investigate something um they might put i would someone... say that they generally don't though exactly that's the problem they'll they might shift someone to another position and so on it's very difficult to get addressability as a citizen when there is police misconduct and they will almost always err on the side of well it was the police officer's call it was police officer judgment which and is they used good judgment we we yeah i i think i can't even tell you after years of doing this show how many times we have read these stories Stories, uh, these horrible stories where police really overstep their bounds and it is always being investigated and the police chief generally finds that they they acted okay they used good judgment and with youtube now and of course uh, there's uh, a great website called cop block uh, if you go to cop block you can see great examples of these things where they collect these and post these <clears throat> you'll see that there are more and more examples of this being revealed that the police officers they do not stick strictly to what the Constitution allows for us or supposedly protects because the Constitution has not stopped this. They will always protect their own. And we understand, you know, these guys are out there. Sometimes they're in dangerous situations. They're they're dealing with a bunch of dummies sometimes. And unfortunately, their mindset gets to be in many cases that they will not allow any sort of questioning of their statement whether or not it has to do with the law or anything they'll find a way to get you out of their hair to stop you from filming them uh to get you to do what they want you to do because they'll they'll call it um they'll call it you were being unruly you were um somehow getting in the way of of an arrest or something like that and so they've got basically all of the cards and you have very few if you protest and you find that and you say this is police misconduct the police will safeguard these guys unless it's really egregious and there's real strong evidence Uh, for example this uh, young man who was shot by a police officer in san francisco over a year ago it was on video he was sitting on the ground with his hands behind his back cop walked up to him shot him in the head killed him boom dead the cop he's back to work He's well, back to work. The failure lies in their business model because they don't, you know, the rest of us that work in the private sector, we have to provide customers with something that they want in order to make money. Yeah. So when you have an unlimited amount of money coming in constantly and customer service isn't a factor, I mean, it just stands to reason that naturally this would evolve to the way it is now, which is that they really can just do whatever they want. It does not matter. You hit it right there, Julia. And, uh, you know, it's uh, by the way, folks, our number is 800-259-9231. And uh, that call from Florida, Florida from Dave brings up a, a number of thoughts. But you you get into what I really think is key there. When you take yourself out of the state paradigm where the state protects its own and you can withdraw your money in a private marketplace – you see responses. You see people who work in the security field actually addressing what the customers want. We'll talk more about this and take more of your calls. It's Saturday night on Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Hi, I'm 
Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live, the Saturday night edition of Radio You Control. Our number is toll-free, 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. Put it up on your refrigerator. It is your political poison control center number. I am Gard, and she is... Julia. And we are here filling in for Ian and Mark, who are away this evening. But uh, don't forget, you can still join us. It is up to you to discuss what you want to discuss. We've thrown out a couple ideas for you because there are things that are on my mind as a person who appreciates creative freedom and political freedom, which are really one and the same, economic freedom. It's all part of how you can control the time given you in your life. And I don't like it when my neighbor's life is manipulated by political do-gooders and busybodies. And so we are talking about that. We are talking about a number of stories that we brought up at the beginning of the program, and we're going to get right back into it. But first, I want to give you a little message from Ruger. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It is compact, has numerous safety features, three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own. Made in America and made for you. It's Ruger. Go to Ruger.com to find out more about what they do and why Free Talk Live is connected with Ruger. All right. We, we opened the program, Julia, and we talked about a couple issues that fall under the umbrella of unconstitutional conditions. And a lot of people say, well, for example, in Florida right now, the uh, governor of Florida uh, wants to have welfare recipients get blood tested for drugs. Right. And this would be very analogous to the story from Detroit many years ago that went to the Supreme Court where they wanted to wanted to force. Well, they wanted to set a condition saying that if you want to get federal housing, you must conform to drug searches. You must have your Fourth Amendment rights. You have to waive them. This in this case in Florida is the Fourth Amendment right against unwarranted searches of your blood. We are being forced to give up our Fourth Amendment rights now in airports because the government has interceded and insinuated itself in the free market exchange of you approaching an airport to go to an airline that is a private contractor to take you someplace. We see British people out on the West Coast being taken away for seven hours and scanned and fingerprinted, not allowed to use bathrooms because the TSA has to check them out. Um, None of those people were suspected of any specific crimes. None of them were presented with a warrant, which is required by the United States Constitution. And we have a story out of, uh, oh, let me see, out of Cedar Falls, Iowa, which states that in that municipality they want to require business owners to have to offer a lockbox in which there will be a key which will give police access to the interior of their privately owned businesses 
at any time. I'm curious as to why police would ever need to enter a business. <laughs> like, a, uh, why? I don't understand at all. It, maybe they think there's a light on inside, that and sort of thing. They want to be able to turning it off. I don't know. They Wouldn't see... that be only to the detriment of the business owner because it costs them money to keep the lights on? Well, you see. Uh, if there's a lockbox, the police officers can get the key and they can go inside and check and make sure everything's those okay. Those must be those friendly police officers <laughs> that I learned about in elementary school. Absolutely. And as Julia mentioned at the end of the last break, uh, you see, here we like to go a little bit beyond looking at the circumstances of each individual case and try to synthesize this as an engineer might and look at, look, how how is this system that, that the government has uh, operating and how could this be made more addressable? A lot of people say, well, if you replace this commissioner or if you have uh, more town meetings, if you have this and that, that. But you know what? Over the years, we have seen a gradual degradation and erosion of our supposedly protected Fourth Amendment rights under the Constitution. Constitution hasn't protected these things. As opposed to that, we like to look at free market solutions. We like to look at free solutions, social solutions, rather than government solutions, society, which is created by our interactions. And we say, you know what? If this were a private security paradigm, this would have to be addressable to the security interests of people versus their interests in freedom. And you would have some companies that if they did wrong, they wouldn't be in business anymore. Right. Would you pay these police officers to act this way? Yeah. When was the last time the police force went out of business? You know? So let's get over to the calls right now. We'll take your calls at 800-259-9231. Let's go right now to Huntsville, Alabama, WBHP and Shadow. I love the name, Shadow. Welcome to Free Talk Live. Oh, thank you. I enjoy your show very much. In fact, I like this one better than the one I heard last night. Okay. You guys are a little bit better at what you do. Okay, anyway, you were talking about this, uh, the federal housing, and you were talking about the, the, the police can supposedly can search them, you know, no warrants and yeah. stuff like that. Well, see, I live in federal housing here in Huntsville, mm-hmm. and every year they have this thing, uh, they call it inspection. Uh-oh. All right. Well, I, I uh, and they they give you this paper and they say, well, if you're not there, we're going into your apartment whether you're there or not. Well, I guarantee you they don't do it. Me, I've let the manager down there know that if I catch any of these inspectors uh, doing what's illegal and going in people's apartments when they're not there, I'm going to put them in jail. Simple as that, man. Yeah, you know, I, I, I took a law course in California. It is uh, illegal for them to do that. I've also let the manager understand. See, during Vietnam. The Cold War, I was an intelligence operative, okay? Well, they called it spooks back then. Mm-hmm. So I, I know how to do things, just like they tried to run undercover op, op, uh, undercover cops in this building to, to try to bust people for dr- drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And at one of our resident council meetings, I let, I let everybody, including some of the undercover cops sitting in there, know what I used to be and just how destructive I can be. And I said, any of these undercover people, and I know them when I see them, which I do, I said, I catch any of them and bust anybody here, you know, I'm going to put a hit on them, and that's going to be the end of them, man, you know. Man, and shadow. You know what, those people, yeah. those people have all moved out of here. Yeah. We're living in peace. We didn't have problems with inspections this year or anything, man. You know? Shadow, I love your style, man. This is great. You know, I haven't been over on Free Talk Live for a while, and, and it doesn't take long to remember that the cool attitude that people have and the awareness of their rights that people have and, and how they see the distinctions between what is forced upon them by a bunch of 
of politicians and do-gooders and busybodies who have control of their money and take it from them and have the legal monopoly on force and what is voluntarily put together. You know, for example, Shadow, if you were in a private building and you wanted to rent an apartment, the apartment uh, the person offering the apartment would say to you, okay, these are the stipulations under which I'll rent to you. Or if it were a house, you know, you say, well, do you have an extra room? I'd like to stay there for a week. Okay, but here's the deal. You know, I've had some problems in the past with people, with drugs or this or that. So this is my arrangement. You could take it or leave it. And you could say, okay, this is great. This is fine. This is where I want to go with the unconstitutional conditions. And I want to keep you on for just a second, Shadow, to, okay. to get your opinion on this. A lot of people say, well, yeah, yeah but guard, really, the, the federal housing thing is analogous in the same way. You're approaching the government. Let's say you didn't live in the government building and you wanted to go live in this federal housing building. And they say, no, 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 you have to allow us to be able to go in. And some people might say, well, yeah, I'm a law and order person. And, and that that's a good thing. That should be allowed. And you're the one who's approaching them. And I say, look, if you think that it's acceptable to have the federal government set prior conditions on you – in order to receive something like federal housing, which I think is patently unconstitutional in the first place, but regardless, let's say that it exists, then you can, do, you can apply that to anything because the federal government, which is running a deficit, is supposedly protecting all of us. It has the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, which are out there supposedly protecting all of us. So they're already giving us services. So how many of us are going to be approached someday down the line if we use their logic by the government? They might say, yeah, well, you're going to have to give up your Fourth Amendment rights because we are providing your protection. They're doing it in the airports. Where else might they do it? Shadow, I don't think that it's acceptable to say that the government can put abridgments on your rights because you're asking for something because we are all supposedly receiving something from the government so they could abridge all of our rights. Do you agree? I'll agree with your, your statement right there. And if, before you cut me off and everything, I'd just like to say one thing. I'm a Mohawk, you know, American Indian Mohawk, and my people have been at war with these idiots like this ever since they've been in existence. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Shadow. Great call. We'll return on Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. We continue at Free Talk Live. Freetalklive.com is the website and the number. Toll free on a Saturday night, 800-259-9231. Guard here with you along with... Julia. And we're here filling in for Ian and Mark who are away and uh, hope we're doing a a great job for you guys as you're doing for us. A really nice call. Thank you very much, Shadow, for uh, getting in touch with us from Huntsville, Alabama. We are all over the country now. Uh, These guys have expanded by leaps and bounds and just want to let you know as a a fill-in guy, uh, I admire what Ian and Mark do here greatly, and I hope you uh, enjoy it as well. And I also admire what the listeners do. Uh, we've been talking about uh, unconstitutional conditions and the uh, United States. Uh, st- 
federal, state, or local governments invading your private property, the TSA, uh, warrantless searches inside your homes, and telling you that in order to do something which in the past you would have been able to do as a free person, now the government stands between you and what you want to do. They give you the false option of you must submit or you will not be able to do what you want to do. Let's go back to the phone lines. Ladies, come first on Free Talk Live. Angela is on the line from Eureka, California. Hi, Angela. You're on Free Talk Live. Thank you very much for taking my call. Pleasure. Um, Yes. Uh, Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes. And these police officers and law enforcement and child welfare, child protective services, um, they're out of control. They are seizing children at an alarming rate. Every county, every state across the whole entire nation and world is going through the illegal seizure of our children being legally kidnapped, and that is why the news media is not allowed in the courtroom. Well, no one is allowed to witness the shenanigans that go on, which they deem legal and due process. Angela, isn't it interesting, too? Uh, I often tell people that if they think the government is there to protect their rights, uh, they've been sold an absolute canard, an absolute falsehood. And, well, I want to keep you on the line because I want to come back to you. But look at it this way. I was telling someone this afternoon, I said, look, supposedly you have a right to be left alone by me and I have a right to be left alone by you. Supposedly government is formed to stop us from aggressing on each other, taking each other's property, hurting each other, things like that. The government does that, which we could do to each other all the time. Now, uh, Jefferson and other people like John Locke said, once it starts doing that, then you should replace the government. But what they did not express was that in order to exist, the government has to infringe on your private property rights. And so from that point on, the Pandora's box has been opened. Open. Because exactly. Yes, because your private property rights to your own earnings are open to the government to, in order to create the so-called protection force to protect your private property. It's a tautology, a circular logic, which means that philosophically, I go and I say, get me away from government. But you're absolutely right. Let's look at the alternative. A lot of people say, well, you've got to have some sort of police protection to be able to go in and take care of kids if they're being abused by parents. And we need to somehow, yeah, sometimes the there are abuses. The people that are reporting the abuse, it could be any neighbor that is mad. Yes, it right. makes up outrageous, and these people are drug addicts. They can be complete criminals, and no one, the court doesn't see any of this, and they don't care. Neither does CWS. Now, Angela, they, let's look yeah. at it this way. Think about this. <clears throat> They'll say, well, yeah, there are occasionally these mistakes that come up, but really, I mean, we have to have the entity. We just have to make sure that it's managed properly. And I say this, and this is this is coming from a guy who believes that we can have these sorts of inst- institutions, and we don't need government. Why do we have to have a government entity, which you can never fire, and which covers up, uh, covers itself up, and which uh, is is open to being used and manipulated by people calling in with bogus calls just to, to get their neighbors or to try to get money and things like that. Um, why it's do we have to? System in selling children. Yeah. Now, why um, do we it's have a to? playground for anyone who any foster person doesn't have to go through any kind of. Um, if you've gotten away with with criminal child abuse, you, you know, and you're not caught. They consider those people above the board and above the birth parents, which which these children are everything to. Most parents could never harm their children. No. Of course, you have cases like Casey Anthony, which is, you know, she's just out there. Right. Now, I mean, Angela. Anyone that can harm their child, it should be have the same done to them. Angela, and, and thank you for the call, Angela. Uh, if most parents would never do that to their kids, then why is it that we don't, why is it that we don't trust the parents to form their own non-government associations with people to have private 
towns and private societies because if we can't trust those people to handle their own associations with their own rules that they come up with voluntarily to say, okay, we're not going to allow this to happen, I'm signing on to this, then how can they be good enough to vote for someone to manage an entity like child services which has no competition? How is it possible that people are not good enough to handle their own lives freely with free individuals in free associations, yet they are good enough to vote for somebody who gets a job and gets to keep it, essentially, whether they want it or not, from a government entity? I thought they weren't good enough to handle their own lives. How can they vote to handle somebody else's life? You see, we don't need the government to do it. We can do it ourselves, and we exclude the bad actors. We don't want them around. I think that's the really sad part about this is that the more regulations, the more rules that are put in place, the less personal responsibility people have in general. Great point. I mean, when everything is handed to you and you don't really have to think about it, um, you know, you just sort of over time get dumber in that area. And it's unfortunate. You know, that that's a great point. When Alexei de Tocqueville came over in the early 1800s and he ended up writing Democracy in America, one of the preeminent historical documents on the United States in the early 19th century, he did didn't come to write about how great America was in its social interactions and how literate people were and how they took care of the indigent and took care of their kids so well. That wasn't his intention. He came over to write a book about the American penal system, the, the prison system here, because it wasn't like what it was in Britain. It was much smaller. And he, could, he was going to write about that, but he was so impressed with the way people formed their own bonds, with their own morals, the way they raised their kids themselves, educated their kids privately that he wrote a completely different book, and it became one of the most famous books in American history, um, Democracy in America. Let's continue with the phones, Julia, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right, who, we, who do we have next? We have uh, Shelly. Okay, Shelly. Where's Shelly calling from? Bradenton, Florida. Florida, WFLA again. Hey, Shelly, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and you know, you jumped ahead because women go first. We do have a, a number of males waiting. I hope <laughs> you guys stay on the line. Thanks a lot for calling. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Um, yesterday, I was uh, driving along. Well, I'll go back ahead of that. I was, uh, for one reason or another, I my uh, I didn't pay my car insurance, and they sent me a, a, a letter if I didn't have it paid by a certain day that they were going to uh, suspend my license. So, of course, since I'm just like everybody else, you know, living from paycheck to paycheck, I wait till that day. I go and I get an insurance policy. I called the tax collector's office, and I said, what time... What time would you be open? I told them the reason I was calling. They said, you have until 5. So I had to wait until I could get off work. I got there at 4.45. Mm-hmm. Of course, what you know, they tell me that that division closed at 4.30. <laughs> so then they, so I come back the next day. I tell them my situation. I tell them what I was told. And they said, at that point, it's $268. My license has already been suspended, which I did not have at the time. Now, remember, again, I have insurance. The whole debate about... You know, about that that's there because I don't have insurance. I have insurance, so I don't have the money. So I said, I'll wait till my next paycheck. Well, wouldn't you know, I get pulled over yesterday. Um, and thank goodness I didn't go to jail. I mean, when you think about it, here I am having a chance to go to jail again for having something, you know, for not having something that I already have. So I get and, a ticket yeah. for $166, and then I'm going to have to pay another, like, 50 60 $70 to get a new license. So I added it up. It's going to be over $500, which is actually $10 more than my check. My check's only 490 because it's something that I already have that they can just take my money um, for 
for for no reason. You know what I mean? They do yeah, that exactly. An accident. Yeah, absolutely. And so to me, it's just it's just absolutely crazy that they can just come in and surreptitiously. And and here's the thing: let's say I decide, okay, you know what? I have insurance. I'm not going to pay them. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to drive. They're going to take me to jail. That's right, Shelly. Because you are you are evil, and you're obviously hurting other people on the roads that the government runs. And, you know, we're getting a, a, just so many great examples opening up with those the government setting these unconstitutional conditions. Shelly, here's a condition. The government runs the roads, even though in the early, early uh, United States, thousands of miles of roads were operated by private companies, and they had certain rules, and you had certain interests, and you came to mutual consent. In the government, you don't have consent. If you want to get on the roads, you're going to have to have insurance in Florida. Otherwise, you're going to go to jail. Thanks for the call, Shelly. It, it reminds me of being at your parents' house, you know, my house, my rules, except you can never move out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You There's can never no escape. There's no option to leave. There's no place to go. I mean, and that's that's supposedly why people came over here from Europe in the first place. Or, well, the Europeans came over. The Indians were here, and they got they got slammed by the federal government. <laughs> Anybody here? Trail of Tears. Hey, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Stick with us. We have two more hours on tap of the program you control with our input. Gardner filling in for and Ian and Julia filling in for Mark. Perhaps. And uh, remember the number. It is toll free 800 259 9231. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Hour number two of Free Talk Live. FreeTalkLive.com is the website, the toll-free number for your Saturday night, 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231, radio that you control. I'm Gardner. I'm Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark tonight. Thank you for coming along for the ride. We have two hours more of radio that you control and great conversation about a lot of issues that Julia was mentioning something interesting to me that you very rarely, what, Julia? Very rarely see these things outside in the pop media, do you? These stories. Oh, okay. What we were talking on the break. Got it. Uh, We were talking about how these sort of important issues, news stories, uh, you just don't. You just don't uh, hear about them on the news. The stuff that is popular is this Anthony Weiner stuff. Yeah, which, I mentioned, oh, why don't we take an hour and a half and talk about Anthony right, Weiner and which, get everybody's opinion, which will be pretty much the same and really boring and stupid. Great. Exactly. And and I was saying, and I actually mentioned this, I think, on a show a couple of weeks ago that the other day I was in a Dunkin' Donuts waiting for my lunch and there was, there was um, you know, a news up. It was CNN or something major. <laughs> and the big headline was that Obama was eating a hot dog somewhere. <laughs> You know, and that's what people that's what people want to hear about, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad that we're here filling in for Ian and Mark and you're giving me a great taste 
of really interesting substances, substantive stuff, which often allows us to think outside the box of what we've been trained to believe, that government is the way to do it, that force and aggression are the way to do it. And we can look into a lot of historical things as well and and give you intellectual ammunition to carry with you after the program. Now let's get your intellectual ammunition. Let's go to the phones. 800-259-9231 is the number, and we go... Women first, of course, to Kath, who is in Arizona. Hi, Kath. How are you? Hi. And it's Kath. C-A-S. Oh, hi, Kath. Thank you for joining us. What would you like to tell us? Well, I'd like to say that it's not, it's not surprising that all of our constitutional rights are being trodden upon when you understand that the Constitution was suspended on September 14, 2001. <laughs> It was suspended. How was that done? With the Patriot Act 1. Yes. And there was the Patriot Act 2 and 3. Mm. And Bush extended that suspension every six months. And Obama has done the same. Well, it's interesting because uh, they, of course, have to get the congressional approval to do that. But the congressional approval is unconstitutional. And uh, uh, Cass, you might uh, find this interesting, a little historical footnote. Uh, The Constitution, uh, it was considered by many people at the time to have been a sort of uh, backdoor way of the statists and large government people like Alexander Hamilton and others to be able to increase the size of the federal government. Originally, they were going to simply amend the Articles of Confederation because states were imposing tariffs on products from other states and states were printing their own money. So they said, look, we're having a problem here. We've got to fix this. Uh, A lot of the people who went to the original Articles of Confederation negotiation did not or were not allowed to attend the Constitutional Convention. In fact, many stayed home out of protest. Rhode Island was not going to uh, not going to uh, accept the Constitution. Uh, And basically, a um, a uh, they were going to be uh, have a uh, an embargo placed on them, which is an act of war by the other by the other colonies. And so they ended up going with it and and. And, uh, confirming the Constitution. Um, since that time, the very first president under the Constitution, George Washington, broke it as well. Uh, he sent an army the size of the Army of the Potomac to go crush whiskey makers in western Pennsylvania because the Congress had imposed an unconstitutional tax on whiskey made in the United States. Up at that point in the Constitution, it was written that they could only impose tariffs on foreign goods. So the historical precedent was set very early on. And I like to draw that that to people's attention, Cass, because the Constitution is often held up as this great paragon of virtue and, and that somehow it's tied to a greater, almost religious, totemic idea of the rule of law. But the laws are written by men, and they're broken by men all the time. So George Bush's breach of it, the Congress's breach of it, the undeclared military option uh, actions that they call wars, the so-called war on drugs, the, the abridgment of the Fourth Amendment, uh, all these different types of things, they are part, uh, part and parcel to the idea that the politicians will break the rules whenever they can. What do you think of that? They do, and they will. And I guess we all just sit back and take it. Well, like them. Napping people's children. I, I certainly hope they don't. And thank you for the call, Cass. I really appreciate that. Julia, I don't want to extemporize too long. I want to let you just hop in here because I'm getting all angry now. 
Yeah, it's it's hard not to get riled up when you yeah. think about it. You did bring up an interesting point, which is that um, I think most people generally believe still to this day that America is a pretty free country. Mm. And even more, I think people believe people who believe that it isn't free today or as free as it once was believe that it was always free. Yeah. But if you actually look back in history, you will find all kinds of infringements on yeah. freedom way back. Absolutely. I mean, even we mentioned the Trail of Tears. For God's sake, 3,000 American Indians were killed. Their lands were seized. Uh, if you look at you look at instances where, for example, um, you had the Alien and Sedition Act. I mean, it was and, and it is still not a constitutional purview for the federal government to have anything to do with immigration. Thomas Jefferson wrote about it. It's a state purview. It's in the Constitution. Naturalization is a federal purview, but not immigration. So, you know, we try – we can stick specifically to all of the, the, the different ways that the Constitution is being breached, or we can say, hey, maybe we can look at it and say a piece of paper doesn't hold these jackals back. Right. I mean, to me, this is about just being a human being. Yeah. You know, I don't – and I don't think that it should be specific to America. I don't think it, it matters at all where you live, what imaginary lines you live in between – as a human being, you have the right to be free. And if you were dealing with a business that had been in business that long and was messing with you that much, would you do business with them anymore? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But Only it, a crazy person would. It's it, it, Absolutely. Government is completely insane because it fails and fails and fails and people still put their faith behind well, it. And I think that's the funny part to me is that it's sort of known that they're not good at what they do and yeah. people just like la- they laugh it off but when and when their guy gets in it's going to all be fixed. Yeah, it's that I 4 mean, year cycle. They've they've really rigged it very nicely. Yes. Because then once at first people will get dissatisfied, they'll form the tea party and then they'll say, "Well, now we got to get our candidate in to And it goes back yeah. and forth, back yeah. and forth. Absolutely. I think Obama was a great great example with the with his anti war campaign and i wonder right now how all the people who voted for him because they were so outraged by the bush administration and the war how mm-hmm. do they feel right now are they justifying it in their heads yeah. still or yeah. or can they see through through the lies absolutely okay let's go back to the phones 800-259-9231 let's go to portland maine shall we julia mm-hmm. jeff. We've got jeff. jeff is on g-a-n all right jeff you're on free talk live welcome to the show Hey, how are you? Hi, great. What would you like to tell us, Jeff? I've uh, I've been a listener for 30 minutes, and this is the first time I've called, but I love your show. I like the uh, historical perspective. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, you know, it's 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 all part of the conversation. It can go any direction on Free Talk Live. So what would you like to tell I'll, us? Uh, I'll, I'll preface my scenario with um, the fact that I, am, I do work for the state, mm-hmm. and I, I work for the corrections department. Yeah. Um... It's a new job, mm-hmm. and I was trained. The whole training was probably about 11 weeks, and a lot of it dealt with policy and how to deal with certain situations. Yeah. And I, just from my perspective, and I know it's a lot, it was a few calls ago when you were talking about, I think, uh, privatizing law enforcement. Yeah. And the only question I had, and I don't disagree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but the implementation, I guess, is where you would get the staff qualified that wasn't public i guess well that's a very good question jeff i I think if you if you canned public the only people who would be qualified 
I mean, because the laws are the laws. You can't change them. The only people who can enforce them are those qualified, right? Well, let's look at it this way. How would you... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, well, actually, Jeff, you sort of opened up an interesting door here. Um, And when we talk about the laws... In fact, um, Jeff, thank you for the call. You posed the question. We will come back to answer the question. How would we arrange for a private police force, uh, given that you've got to learn the laws, and you really got to be involved in government to learn the laws, and you need to be trained? Um, this very good question. The practicalities of getting away from state police forces, which we know are very pl- problematic. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. It's Free Talk Live, radio that you control. Call us at 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. Remember, it is toll-free, and you can call us from anywhere. I am Guard. I am Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark tonight, and uh, they are off plotting more ways to expand the purview of freedom. Creative freedom, time freedom, work freedom, it's all one and the same, man. It's your life. You own it. 800-259-9231. Julia, you have a message for us. That's right. Get ready. It's the biggest liberty-oriented event of 2011, and it's happening this June 20th through the 26th. Will you be there? The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is a week-long camping event held at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. From live performances to family fun to agorism in action, Porkfest has something for everyone who loves freedom. What are you waiting for? Be a part of the premier freedom event of 2011. Visit porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. All right. And it is going to be a great time. I think it's going to be huge this year, and I hope you'll be able to attend. Porkfest is a great, great event. And, you know, we open the program with uh, some examples of what are called unconstitutional conditions, where the uh, federal government, state government, or your local government uh, applies certain conditions to you to which you must submit in order to get or receive some sort of uh, benefit from the, from the government. And I mentioned that the government uh, is in deficit spending right now on the federal level, and they are so involved with so many things that basically they could force us to do anything under these unconstitutional conditions, whether it's giving up our Fourth Amendment rights in airports where they have imposed themselves, or it's uh, checking out uh, British people uh, coming off a boat out in the West, or uh, in Florida, how they want to, uh, welfare recipients to have to give up their rights to have their blood tested for drugs, whatever it might be. Jeff called a little bit earlier because we posed the question, if you had a private security force and you had a a security force which you were voluntarily paying for, would you accept these things? Well, it would be up to you. And if you didn't like it, you could withdraw your money. And he had he had some substantive interesting questions. He's working in corrections right now in Maine. And um, he said, look, um, we're dealing right now with you've got to be trained. You know, we have a lot of training. We've got to get involved with the learning the laws and learning how the administration works and things like that. How would you draw people from the private sector 
in order to have a police force which could operate the laws. And Julia mentioned off the air to us that there's a Julia uh, mentioned off. Julie mentioned off the air to us that there is a uh, a subtext there. There's an assumption that he has that uh, we first need to address, which is... Which, when Jeff was talking about it, he said that um, we need we need people who are experts in the laws that we currently have. And Essentially. For, I, I think first Jeff needs to be welcomed to the show. He said that he had been listening for 30 minutes and that he really enjoyed it. That was awesome. Um, Jeff... I've I've been listening to this show for probably about five years now, and you're definitely going to hear some ideas on Free Talk Live that you would not hear on on any sort of normal radio station. And at first, they might seem unpractical. Uh, unpractical. It's but true. You sort of think it through and see what you think. So I would ask Jeff Jeff just to keep listening and mm-hmm. and, and maybe report back in a little while and see see what he see what he thinks about that. Yeah. Um. But but when we talk about private private security, we're actually talking about um, a society where everything is privately run. So laws in their current form wouldn't exist at all. Exactly. Uh, And you might have laws that would be parallel, but you wouldn't have a lot of the laws that have been written that uh, are are victimless crime laws, uh, voluntary things uh, that are, are banned by the government, whether it's ingesting something or doing something like gambling with another person, which is not bringing direct harm to the life or property of another person. Um, and, and what I would like to do is address something to him. Uh, Jeff, one of the things that I think is interesting is when we're looking at the laws um, – we really need to think about the old common laws, and I would I would address this to him just to say, look, the laws that are written down often that have to do with protection of private uh, private property and in our lives and so on, um, they parallel what was unwritten many centuries ago in England, the British common law. Those were unwritten rules that. People in the feudal system came up with through their own social interaction. And they came up with things like it's not right to steal. It's not right to hurt. It's not right to rape. It's not right right to do these types of things. Now, those were done in their societal arrangements without government. They then had those things oftentimes they had them written down by the so-called lawmakers. Now, I say think about this, Jeff, as just a, a hypothetical. Do you need any rules – to tell you how to play a game with a friend, a game of cards, rules imposed by the government. Do you need a police force to do that? No, you can voluntarily do that. And if you find that your friends are cheating, you'll play with other people. If you want to watch a movie, do you need the government to tell you what movie to watch? That's a social interaction as well. Why is it that we need the government to tell us how to run our businesses or not to cheat on people in those businesses, or not to steal their property, but we don't need government to tell us what movies to watch together on a Saturday night, or what to have on our pizza. It's all part and parcel to our agreements with people with whom we want to associate. Now, in the ancient British times, in the British common law, those associations sprouted the the British common law, where they, amazingly, people had very similar interests. They realized, if I am in touch with another person, in contact with another person, he wants to be left alone by me, and I want to be left alone by him. I want to enter into voluntary arrangements, but I don't want to be messed with. So people who had those common interests congregated with each other, and the ones who did not, they pushed away and didn't want to deal with them, and they came up with their own ways to protect themselves. 
This is where the private police force concept comes from. And we can see private police forces working beautifully in places like Disney World, in in private uh, condominium complexes and things like that. And if people don't like those things, they can go someplace else. They can withdraw their money. They can hire other people. Government doesn't allow you to do that. And the larger the government, the more difficult it is to get away from a bad system. So the question that Jeff posed to us, calling in from Maine, uh, had an assumption there that hopefully we're not misreading him uh, in any way. And I hope, hope, we're being, uh, hope we're being fair to your question, Jeff. Um, we would start not with the government laws and having to train people in those government laws. We would start with private association, with individuals freely associating with people, coming up with their own rules. Do you want to have gambling in your community or do you not? Well, there's might be some very religious people who don't. There might be some people who are interested in making a lot of money who would like it. And they can come up with their own associations. One might have a police force that doesn't allow it. They might be very stringent. And one might not. And they have their own preferences. Yeah. I, I mean, well, when we're talking about this, we're really talking about ideas um, on how we would, you know, this is just our opinions on how we believe society would run more efficiently. And, and I know me personally... In my perfect world, I would like to see um, small communities, basically, where people could choose to live around people who shared the same ideals as them. Yeah. So if you live in the city of Keene, let's say, where where we live, you know, maybe here um, it, it's it's completely free and there's absolutely no government whatsoever. And, and people who, who decide that, you know, that's not for them, they they could elect a government for themselves. Mm-hmm. The issue here is that it's forced on everybody. It, and, and that's what we I think we take a problem with. I'm pretty sure we agree on that. Gardner. Absolutely. There's nobody competing with the people who can take your money at any time. There's no competitive market when you talk about the government. We'll get right, right back to your calls. Did want to uh, give Jeff that uh, extra opportunity to have that explained by us, different, different perspectives slightly. And we'll get your perspective at 800-259-9231. Right back to the calls on Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. WeUseCoins.org. We return at Free Talk Live, radio that you control on a Saturday night. It's freetalklive.com on that weird electronic box called the interweb. And you can call us at 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. Gardner filling in for Ian and... Julia. Filling in for Mark. And you filling in for our brains when we decide that we've really got to get that good input. Great to have all the callers, and we know we have a lot of people who are waiting on the line. Saturday nights are always very busy at Free Talk Live. Don't forget, over at freetalklive.com, you can find the show archives. You can get all sorts of things on the bulletin board, which are controlled, again, by the people who visit, and they rank the stories uh, based on their interests of importance. You can go to the Shrine of Female Listeners. I was just over visiting the Shrine of Female Listeners and uh, enjoying the sites very, very much. And wow, some very creative pictures there just to show you that 
There are gentlemen. There are lots of liberty-loving ladies out there. I was just looking at Andrea's picture. Wow, she's really attractive. But let's talk about something else that is important, other than my interest in beautiful single young ladies. Let's talk about money right now. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month or two. Your dollar value is going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org is where you can find out more. And thank you for advertising at Free Talk Live. Julia, let's go back to the phones. 800-259-9231. One of my favorite names. Another woman is calling in. You guys move to the front of the line. Sarah calling in from where, Julia? Uh, Arcadia? Sarah from Arcadia, California on KGOE. All right, Sarah, you are on Free Talk Live. Well, hi, you guys. You sound so peppy. (laughs) I wanted to call you tonight because um, I'm concerned about the uh, car insurance lady. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm sorry she got caught up in all that. Yeah. But I've lived in a country where there was no uh, required insurance. <laughs> yeah. And really, it's not a very good place to live. Well, do you know there's that... No way, there's well, no way you can get your car replaced if someone hits you mm-hmm. and kills your family. There's nothing you can do. There's no recourse. Mm-hmm. And so you are accountable for that, and it was never your fault. Well, and that's why we have the law. Well, Sarah, you know, it's interesting when you say that's why we have the law. Uh, we don't have requirement in New Hampshire that people have to have car insurance. Well, that's unfortunate. Mm, there's never been a big hue and cry for it. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things that's interesting is uh, there are incentives to be a good driver if you have insurance. And um, the idea is – you know that's why we need to have a law if the people running the roads were to require you to have to pay even more for your insurance say double the cost for your insurance what would you do well the people running the roads don't ask for the insurance no it's just it's my supposition let's say let's say that they required you to pay some enormous tax on your on your auto insurance because they needed it to say pave the roads Okay. What would you do if it doubled? What would you do? Well, I suppose you'd pay it. You'd pay it. What if it tripled? Well, if it tripled, I guess if it's a requirement, you pay it. But that's that, that's never been the case. We have no fault insurance in California. I understand. Well, that's part of the problem. It's a law that says that there is no fault uh, under a. That's a, no fault if there's if. If the two people hit each other and no one nobody is at was fault. at fault, yeah. if there was no ticket, but if someone comes across the midsection of the highway, kills you and your family, you get to have some recourse for that. Mm-hmm. And that recourse is a replacement of your car wow. and probably some kind of a legal means to get some kind of remuneration for your family. Okay. Um would you think that it might be a better idea? Do you think that it's possible under this sort of mechanism that since I could so easily say let's double or triple or quadruple your your expenses, 
that it's possible that the state can add even more requirements to you each year, say on emissions requirements or uh, new inspection costs and things like that. And and is it just up to you to decide how willing you're, you're how willing how far you're willing to go on continuing the state to pay them? Control our insurance. This is, no, know, but what I'm saying is, but the state requires you to have the insurance, right? And they don't require you to carry very much insurance. You right. carry just enough to right. but, see, you're cover talking, another person's You're car. talking about the practicalities of it. I'm talking about the machinery, the mechanism, the principle. <clears throat> the principle has already been abridged. They are requiring you to do something in order to get on the roads. You happen right now to say, I accept Thank that. You. That's fine, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm right. Very thankful for but, it. but yeah. what if they started to require you to do something which you found a little offensive? Say have to put a bumper sticker on your car that you found politically not correct or um, to have to pay more for an emissions test to, in order to get your car licensed to go out on the road to get an inspection sticker. Uh, would that be acceptable or unacceptable to you? We don't know, but they have the power to do it, don't they? Oh, I see. So you're about power. Well, it's all who's about got the power? It's not about the protection. No, the question is, you don't get to decide how much protection you want because you are part of one giant mass in voting. Let's say a million people vote, and four hundred and ninety-nine thousand vote against, and five hundred and one thousand vote for some very erroneous, very, very um, egregious example of government intervening. What are you going to do? You see, if you're in a marketplace, you have an option. You can go to a different company that runs different roads. And they historically in the United States had private roads, which many people think never existed. They well, think the government – are pieces of, of the highway that are private where you have to pay a toll tax. Right. But those – and in fact, those have been arising more and more because the government mismanages the highway system so poorly. How many but times the have toll we tax, – the toll taxers mismanage the toll as well. But I mean, but see, the thing is, that's still operating within being the company that the government has chosen. If they are being mismanaged, maybe they can be knocked out. We're talking about a purely private system. Don't tolls go to the state? I could be wrong on this, but I think when I drive um, through New York, for example, those those people are state workers and they are well, collecting it, money for the state. Is that incorrect? In California, they have introduced some privatized okay. roads and they're finding that those actually operate much more efficiently. They're paved better, they're handled better, and the companies get to keep keep the majority of that. But the point that I'm trying to make with Sarah is that, Sarah, historically in the United States, there's a great book called How Capitalism Saved America by uh, Thomas DiLorenzo. And he has examples in there of thousands of miles of roads that were privately done, which people are unaware of. And they were handled without forcing you to have to conform. And you could come up with how far you wanted to go on security because there would be alternatives. Now you don't have the choice. And even the private ones that are run are still run with the favor of the government choosing that private company. We're saying that if you completely privatize everything, there is an incentive for the, for the, the operating system to do what you like best because you can get away. You can take your money elsewhere. You can do something else with it. Under this paradigm, there's nothing that you can do. And if they do want to double it or triple it or quadruple it, they will. And, of course, you can't answer what you would do. You say you would continue to pay. But at a certain point, you won't pay. You'll either have to take public transportation or you will break the law. Thank you very much for the call, Sarah. 800-259-9231 is how you reach us. Let's get back to the phones and talk to... 
Angelo in California listening on the internet. Angelo on the internet. Thank you very much for calling. I'm doing fine. What do you have to tell us, sir? Excuse me. I was trying to grab some meat while y'all. I don't know how much longer I was going to be, but you know, a few different issues you all brought touched on. You know, um, I think causes um, confusion and problems all the way around. Angelo, hold on the line. We'll get to your call. We've got to go to commercial break. 800-259-9231. I hope I answered Sarah's question sufficiently. I know there's a lot more to discuss there, and she's clearly not convinced. We'll get to Angelo next and your call at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game created by a free stater. It's all in your browser. There's nothing weird to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com and start mining today. It's free. MineThings.com. You are with Free Talk Live, Radio You Control. The phone number is 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark. We're going to get right back to the phones and let you decide about the issues. Angela was calling us from California. Angela, thanks for sticking around and uh, coming back on the air with us. Yeah, so I was just, I've been noticing how a lot of uh, what I think what most people uh, think should be and what the opinions, I guess, are developed off of a lot of the media and recent history, and uh, I call it propaganda. Uh, Absolutely, band wallet, band, bandwagon knowledge. Yeah, but if you know you, they do the the research into the history of things. You know that's when I think things really get a lot interesting. Like for instance, you know the history of the United States, the colonies. They first was charted as commercial companies, but they were given so much broad powers that they had the appearance of sovereign. Yes, there's a book that I like a lot that's called uh, the history of. Uh, History of Great American Fortunes by Gustavus Myers. And he, the way he put his book together was to, uh, he developed it from the public records. He left out all of the uh, personal uh, opinions about how these fortunes were amassed or whatever. And one thing that jumped out at me that was pretty interesting, was saying, um, no sooner was the revolution over than he stepped the property's interest and assumed control of government functions. They were intelligent enough to know the value of class government lesson learned from the practice of the British trading class. This was done back in 1907. So if they infiltrated back then, you know, it's definitely, they didn't, I'm pretty sure they didn't just relinquish control of the government to say, okay, uh, let's, let's do this for the goodwill of man. You know, yeah. Yeah. like the caller, the, the last caller that strikes me is what most people is that they genuinely believe or, or want to do us right, but they don't see the, the violence behind what it is that they support. Absolutely, Angelo. And one of the things that I'd like to bring up, great call. Thank you very much for sticking with us, and thank you for the call from California. Angelo, one of the things I do want to bring up, bouncing off of what you said, was you brought up a couple examples about the colonies uh, having been licensed as, as corporations and things like that, and uh, corporate interests and business interests getting involved with the government. We have to make sure that we uh, plant the idea in people's minds that they remember that in both of those instances, what we're talking about is not free markets. We're talking about what was called mercantilism, as Adam Smith wrote in 1776 when he wrote The Wealth of Nations. 
the thing that we have to understand is the predicate upon which all of that is based is the government. The government licensed these colonies as corporations. The government was there in existence for the businesses to try to get involved in starting in 1787 through 1789 and so on. And so there were there were interests for these guys to get their hands on the levers of government. And so we're not talking about private interests somehow becoming a government. We're talking about private interests either being given a special favor by government in the case of the colonists or private interests because they would be backed up by British British soldiers and British protection supposedly or private interests getting involved with the government and getting special favors. And so those are not examples of pure free market uh, involvement. And what you found – and in fact, what's very interesting, we were talking about privately run roads – um, what ended up happening in many cases was that the companies that built the roads found out that if they could go to the government, they would have an easier time getting people's land. So they started to work instead of actually making negotiations with people and things like things like that to buy their land for what the people would ask for if they wanted to ha- build a road and they needed to buy land. Uh, instead, you found certain interests getting involved with governments and politicians and things like that to say, oh, no, you can just take the land and then we'll give you the contract to build the road. You see, so it's not free markets. It's government allowing people to take advantage of their monopoly on the use of force. Let's go back to the phones and go now to, uh, let's see, uh, Kendall in Evansville, Indiana. Kendall, you're on Free Talk Live. All right, let's hold on, Kendall. Let's go to Dave in Bayside, California. Dave, you are next on Free Talk Live. How are you? We have Dave? No, we don't, do we? Yes, we do. Here he is. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hey, I much appreciate a program that's willing to confront and explore reality directly. I don't find that popular in a lot of the shows anymore. So my congratulations. I frankly don't think you and I would agree on much of anything, and yet you're willing to take the call and explore and discuss with me, and I appreciate that. You got it. And, yeah, give us some of your thoughts, Dave. Well, I'm much concerned. I've been pondering for some time how it is that we now have a government that so acts to our detriment. That is to say, how we have people that want to take from the working people and the poor and give to the greediest of very rich people. How has that come about? And I think I've got a frightening answer for it. Uh, These same people have been planning for a long time to be able to rig elections, to be able to put in power those people who would play their games. So we still think we've got a democracy, but we're going in, finding ourselves voting on machines which can be invaded, that have modems, that is, people that can pull the strings and switch the votes to whoever they want. So we end up with people that act to our detriment. Mm-hmm. Does that make me a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't think you have to be a conspiracy theorist, Dave, uh, to think that government is always going to work in people's detriment because, you know, we have a slightly different opinion on this because government, in order to exist, has to harm people. Government has the power to take your property in order to create the police force to supposedly protect you. So once you've done that, the Pandora's box is open, in my opinion. Well, I think we can have a good government. You can get good people elected to office and uh, appointed who will act to our benefit on that. You can also have it where you get people in government that are there merely to act to our detriment and to take what they can. That's true. Put it in their own pockets. That's That's true. Well, let's look at it on the balancing act then, Dave. Which do you think has the capability of addressing the concerns of people better? 
uh, that which is always going to exist through force, government, or that which has to ask you for your payment, voluntary free markets? Well, I am convinced that if you have the right people, people that have it in their heart to try to benefit the people, government would do the best. I think that the free enterprise system invites and says, uh, us making big profit is what's it all about, and that isn't true. Here's one final question for you, Dave. What if you were a group of, with a group of people and two or three of those people out of 100 disagreed? What would happen to them? Two or three disagree or two or three hundred disagree? Uh, let's say you were in 100 people and 20 disagreed. Um, but I'd like to be able to discuss it in a civilized manner and see. You know, we, Maybe they'd convince me, but I doubt it. I think if they I couldn't, can. If they couldn't convince you... What would happen to their earnings? What would you do? Would they still be taken to pay for what they didn't want to have paid for? I'm afraid it would be, but I think people should stand up and say, no more of these trick voting machines. I want to be able to elect people that will represent me, not not the the head of Lockheed Martin. But Dave, what you're doing is just saying, well, you're one of those 20 right now. I I have something to say. Um, You just said that you um, want to be able to elect somebody that represents you. Now, do you think that that person that you elect also represents me? I, I don't know you that well. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I would think that, yes, if you're a working person and you're not a corporate billionaire and you're not uh, one of those very greedy, wealthy people that runs Walmart or Halliburton, I would say, yes, you would have a government. That would why can't Julia be trusted to represent herself and why can't you be trusted to represent that's, yourself that's what bothers me about this concept is that can anybody can anybody represent you if you haven't chosen them to represent you if i didn't i mean if you vote for somebody and your guy gets in he automatically represents everybody and how is that right can one person truly represent a large group of people well there's a queen over in polynesia that truly acts to the better betterment of her people she walks about with them and finds out, what can I do to make your life better? And she does it. And so can you say, well, is a monarchy a good system? But, but Dave, how can you tell unless people have voluntarily given their money? Unless you have 100% agreement, how can you tell that she works for the benefit of everyone? In fact, you wouldn't need the government if that were the case because people would voluntarily give their money to her, wouldn't they? I suppose they would if they yeah, well, Dave, thank you so much for the call from Bayside. Really appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the number here at Free Talk Live. Julia? Um, we actually have some more phone calls, so we should get to those right Let's away. Let's go right to we it. We have Bill in Indianapolis on WXNT. Hey, Bill, how are you? Welcome to Free Talk Live. Fine, fine. Thank you very much, and uh, uh, you have a really great program. Thanks. I what do you like to tell to, us? I, I'm not an expert on insurance, but I just wanted to make a real quick comment on the, the gal about two calls ago. She said something about buying insurance or having it to protect the other driver. Mm-hmm. You never buy insurance to protect the other guy. You always buy insurance to protect yourself. Yes. It may inadvertently go to the other driver, you know, if you're at fault and they sue your company. But you always buy insurance to protect yourself. Yeah. If you can remember that one sentence, then you'll understand insurance. That's absolutely right. Great call. And you're finishing the hour beautifully for us. Thank you very much for the call. We've got one more hour Coming up on Free Talk Live, remember this program. Remember the website, freetalklive.com. And remember, 
If you've got this show in your local area, get in touch with their radio managers and let them know you like it. We're just filling in, but I'm very impressed with what Ian and Mark do all the time. We'll be back with more Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. It's hour number three of Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231, 1-800-259-9231. That is how you reach us at Free Talk Live, radio that you control. Go to freetalklive.com, and you can find out more about the show, find out about the archives, and find out about the regular hosts, Ian and Mark. These aren't the regular hosts. This is Guard. And Julia. And we're here for you. We're, we do and do and do for you, and thank you for doing and doing and doing so much for us you callers who have already made it in. We've had tons of calls. It is radio that you control with a few prompts here and there from us and maybe some <clears throat> conversation after you've brought up some of your points. And we want to go right back to the phones. We've been addressing some questions that we brought up at the opening of the program. And if you want, go to freetalklive.com to find out more about these issues and others. You can also go to my website, libertyconspiracy.com. That's libertyconspiracy.com, libertyconspiracy.com. Uh, because if you want to head over there, we have a number of these issues as well, and we have audios that address some of these things. We started the program talking about unconstitutional conditions and the government requiring you to do X, Y, or Z because they are providing you a service. And that goes to the TSA, abridging your Fourth Amendment rights. That goes to uh, the roads being run by the government, which they were not until later in the 1800s when the government started to get involved in these things. A great book by Tom DiLorenzo describes private roads that were built without taking people's property through eminent domain and how great they were. And uh, we all know that the government roads are mismanaged all over the place. Uh, all the way over to Florida, which wants to require welfare recipients to get blood tests, uh, to Detroit, which wanted to require people to open up their homes, regardless of whether the police had search warrants so that they could search for drugs, none of which are supposedly allowed under the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits the government from searching or seizing you or your property without a warrant issued by the government. Yes, by the judge. You see how there's a little circular logic there? Because, of course, the government... It's supposed to protect your rights, but it can abridge them anytime. So we're going to continue with those subjects and others that you want to bring up. First, we're going to go to the phones and Jay, who's on the line in Eastern Maryland. Jay, welcome to the program. You're on Free Talk Live. How are you doing? Hey, doing well. What do you want to tell us, my friend? That's good. Uh, well, I started listening to your program, and I, uh, when the lady was talking about uh, car insurance in New Hampshire. Sure. And I wanted to touch on that. Um, I uh, live in Maryland, and I was working at Three Mile Island up in Pennsylvania, and uh, after a 14-hour day heading to my motel, a, a gentleman uh, from the country south of us uh, was up here and uh, had an accident. He collided with me, mm-hmm. and now he was required to have, in Pennsylvania, a minimum of $15,000 per, uh, 
personal injury protection. And he had his insurance from a company where, you know, if you can't get insurance anywhere else, you know, call us, we'll insure you. Uh, I did finally, after about three years, get $15,000 out of that insurance company, but I'm permanently disabled from that accident now. So about eight years now it's been since the accident. And I went back to my own insurance company and said, okay, I have $100,000 in coverage from the policy that I pay for, and I already got 15, so I would like another 85 to yeah. help with my permanent disabilities. Yeah. Uh, I've lost. Uh, so I pay for insurance, which the state requires I have, mm-hmm. uh, but I get nothing out of it. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that there should be minimums everybody should have to have for insurance had this had this gentleman had been required to have a higher amount of insurance i would have got more money i mean at the time i was probably making with benefits and everything about six thousand dollars a week mm-hmm. so you know basically his his driving i don't know how he had insurance i don't know how he got a license in pennsylvania because he was not a citizen of this, of this country but because of his actions my career was ended at the age of 48. Well, I'm sorry to hear about what happened to you, and uh, we know that this is obviously a very emotional issue, uh, but it also opens up the opportunity for us, Jay, to, to talk about the issue in, in a more abstract sense, to say, look, obviously the state situation did not work in your favor there, and you were not able to get satisfaction out of the uh, company that was the beneficiary of you having paid your premiums to that company. And you're still waiting on that. And your interest is that you think there should be a higher threshold. What that, what the upper level of that threshold would be, we don't know. Um, and would you force that on other people? And what would the ramifications of that be uh, for some people who wanted to get on the roads but could not afford it? What would then happen? Well, uh, unfortunately, I live in a kind of a rural area, so there's not a lot of public transportation. Uh, people in, in my area are forced to have a vehicle. Yeah. And, I, and I understand people that live in large cities, maybe some have, don't even have a driver's license, they never had a vehicle. Uh, you know, it, I guess they're kind of fortunate in some ways and, and at a disadvantage in others. You know, if they want to go visit a, a family member, I don't know how they would travel hundreds of miles if they don't own a vehicle. But I think if you own a vehicle, first of all, it's a, the state says it's a privilege to have a driver's license and have driving privileges. And I've argued in the past, I don't know how is it a privilege when, when you buy a vehicle, you have to pay sales tax. When you buy gas, you have to pay highway taxes is already put into the gallon price. Um, they, they require all these payments of you, yet driving is still a privilege. Yeah, well, Given- you know, well, I, I just have to say, Jay, and thank you for the call, um, It's not a privilege. The right to move is a right, and the only reason they consider it a privilege is that they tell you it's a privilege because they run the roads. And again, um, although your idea seems very reasonable to you, it might not seem very reasonable to a lot of other people. Now, think about it in a little different context. If you weren't to have the state one size fits all, where everyone would be required to have X amount of insurance to cover problems like the ones that the one that unfortunately you have encountered with the companies that were licensed to do business in your state to offer auto insurance, if you didn't have all that, if you had a private system of roads, you could have differing roads 
where you could have different levels of requirements. So, for example, you could have roads where really skilled drivers who passed tons and tons of tests could go and drive as like the on the autobahn. You could have roads where very careful people with tons and tons of insurance could be uh, driving, and they would be reckless. Um, and you know that you're taking your life in your hands. Who knows what the market? might come up with. You might have public transportation-like systems where people who were really bad drivers could actually, because they were good employees for the businesses and things like that, the businesses would pay for those transportation systems to get them to and from places. Or you might have in an agricultural area, uh, you might have arrangements set up by people volunteering to do things for people who are high risk. As long as you had the private roads, you could have differentiation. So your idea of how much was acceptable insurance might differ from someone else's but neither of you is dissatisfied. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone will find some answer, but it does eliminate a lot of the problem of the government telling people what will be accepted, telling insurance companies how they will do their business, whether it will be no fault and so on, which raises the rates of everyone, because if there's no fault, people have no incentive to take take um, more precautions on the roads. They don't take as good care of their cars and things like that. And instead, it allows for differentiation. This is all we're saying. In a, in a place where there's choice, what if I disagreed with your level on insurance? Well, obviously, we, we mentioned what, what might happen if people couldn't afford it. Your paradigm presents a lot of problems. Our paradigm, the free market paradigm, allows for much greater diversity. Let's go back to the phones and head over to Alan, who's listening to us on XM. He's in Texas. Alan, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'd just like to make two points real quick. On the TSA, they got, you know, it's all about government leverage. And Texas, Texas legislature was going to pass a bill banning the damn TSA. Yeah, I like that. There came the federal government. If you do that, then we'll deem your airports unsafe. And we'll pull the air traffic controllers, and no flights will land at any Texas airport. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Alan, the thing that gets me really ticked off about that is so few people know, and they just accept it. You see, this is a great example. I, I recently did a podcast over at Liberty Conspiracy about how <clears throat> the government takes advantage of the fact that people so easily forget the way things used to be. Before the 1920s, the government was barely involved with air travel. We'll take your idea, come back with it after the break. The number is 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live has partnered with Amazon, the largest internet retailer. Imagine a department store category, and Amazon has it. Books, electronics, office products, furniture, jewelry, automotive, toys, clothing, sporting goods, and dozens of other categories. Now you can shop and support Free Talk Live by entering Amazon through our website. Go to shop.freetalklive.com, and Amazon will send us a portion of your purchase. You're going to do the shopping anyway, so remember to enter through our site at shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop.freetalklive.com. We return at Free Talk Live, radio that you control and you 
Tell us what you want to discuss at 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Remember the website, freetalklive.com is the great website. You can go there. You can get in live in the chat room. You can talk about things in the forum. And, of course, you can check out the awesome Shrine of Female Listeners, where I have been located for quite a while looking at the pictures of really cute women. I am Gardner, and she is... Julia. And she is very cute and very smart, and she has something to tell us right now. Don't miss the SACL CAI Fun Compound at Porkfest 2011. Get your drink on, play some cornhole. I'm not sure what that is. That must be a game of some sort. The Fun Compound... Wait will... a minute. Let me, let me just check that out. I, I got no, really to see this that. again. I got to see this. The Fun Compound will be the home... Oh, wait a minute. Don't miss the SACL CAI Fun, fun Compound at Porkfest 2011. Get your drink on, play some cornhole. You know what? Jason Osborne, he told me, he's like, guard, I got something for you to read. Oh, and I just read it. I could have sneaked out. He's he's going to manipulate something. He's going to do something by recording this and doing something with really? it. Yeah, and now I just said cornhole. <laughs> Not the, fun, the fun compound will be the home of Fix Brewing. Get your custom limited run a pork fest commemorative beer mug and fill it with a tasty beverage. Try the sticky porcupine, the Molotov heavy, Hefe, wow. or even the gluten-free. Mm. Also f- featuring the Agorist drinking fountain. Wake yourself up with a spicy Bloody Mary. Chill out with an ice cold glass of Atlas Chugged or Liberty. Get your lady where she's, she is trying to go every time with a tall El Osborne. <laughs> Located El directly. Osborne. I, I know. You're, I'm supposed to read this with a straight face. I know. It's awesome. Located directly across from the outdoor stage, the Fun Compound will be the place to party at Porkfest 2011. Sakel CAI Fun Compound. Liquor in the front, cornhole in the rear. I gotta see that again. That's like that's like the Reverend Horton Heat album, "Liquor in the Front, Poker in the Back." Okay, Jason, I'm gonna say this just for you: the Sakel CAI Fun Compound. Quote: Liquor in the front, cornhole in the rear. Don't forget, it's all happening at Porkfest 2011. So you can find out about Jason Osborne and that fun tent. I hope I gave Jason enough to use to mock me and make fun of me later on. All right, let's get back to the phone, shall we, Julia? Yes. Okay, uh, now we go to Solomon, who's been waiting patiently on the line on Free Talk Live from Myrtle Beach. Solomon, you are on Free Talk Live. Uh, uh, hello? Hey, Solomon, what's happening? All right, how you doing? How you doing? So um, far. I just wanted to make a few points that I love the topic that you're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know when we're going to get to the part of teaching history to our children from the point of American history and not so much as European history. And I want people to understand and realize that one of the greatest atrocities known to mankind, the African, the transcontinental slave trade, was able to go on so long once big business and government came together and passed many laws where, where people would try to even make themselves free, they couldn't be free. That's right. The United, uh, United States, they supposedly had a war to free the slaves, which, of course, Abraham Lincoln did not free the slaves. The Emancipation right. Proclamation was bogus. It only applied to the north, uh, to the south. Yeah, and uh, in, in other European countries, it, it just fell out because it, markets pushed it aside. Uh, you make a great point. And, you know, um, here's, a, here's a question. You talk about American history versus European history. Um, how about we allow people to hold on to the fruits of their labor and not say that they have to pay into a government system, which they might not want to pay? How Would you accept that and say, I don't like the history that's being taught here, so I don't want to pay? Yes, yes, sir. I love it. I love it. One of the greatest books I ever 
uh, that I think were written was Animal Farm. Oh. And one more thing, I want one more point I want to make yeah. to, the, to the American people is what happened to all of our free fruit trees that I used to pick when I was a young child. <laughs> Solomon, man, you hit another point, which is, uh, as you are probably aware, the federal government is starting to move towards regulating uh, farm stands and uh, farmers' markets so that you will have to report to the government and answer to the FDA because, of course, they are going to protect us all. Solomon, you bring up a lot of great points, man. You know, if you were involved with the school, I might voluntarily pay for that one, brother. Thank you for the call. Great style. Appreciate it. Welcome, brother. Thank you for the call, Solomon. Really good to hear from you from Myrtle Beach. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the way you reach us. And Julia, why don't you take a second and let us know who's next and bring them on yourself, my friend. All right. We have Randy in Wyoming on XM. Randy, how are you? Oh, just fine. Well, you guys are uh, teaching a 56-year-old uh, re- rebellious individual uh, wise he's always been this way <laughs> well I, I I hope we're hitting a lot of points you know a lot of times what happens is during the commercial break I'll turn to Julian and say did I get that right what do you think and sometimes you know you just can't address everything I think about uh, some of the folks who were on last night like like Brett and, and Stephanie and and uh, you know Michelle those guys they'll bring up awesome points if you get a chance listen to uh, a great podcast called School Sucks and, and Brett is just amazing so you hear these people and they'll say something that you miss and say, oh, shoot, I, I wish I had said that, or that that logic line was so good. So hopefully we're doing a good job, and hey, we've got you to back us up. What do you want to tell us about, my friend? Well, um, I, uh, I I actually live in Oregon, yeah, and uh, I, I get a, a little newsletter blurb from the Oregon Firearms Federation, mm. and I got one uh, uh, yesterday from them about a fellow in Medford, Oregon, that had uh, gone through all the hoopla so that he could go purchase a few firearms. You know, he had got himself his little income tax uh, refund, and, you know, to him that was found money. To me it was letting the government use your money without any interest. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, uh, in Oregon they don't use the NICS check uh, like other states do. Uh-huh. They have the state patrol do it, and the state patrol has been dragging their feet for on this for a long time, so there's been a uh, an initiative to try and get the state patrol out of it and and do the the national instant instant check, mm-hmm. which of well, course anyway, is unconstitutional. I, but we'll continue. But you, yeah. I understand your point is the distinction between what's happening and and what people would like. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I agree with you guys. I think it's a it's a it's a crock. Yeah. Really, it's, it's unconstitutional. Right. But anyway, uh, he buys a couple of weapons. You might go to uh, OFF.org and take a look at it. And uh, he, he buys his guns, and he's, his door is uh, kicked in at like 6 o'clock in the morning. He's handcuffed by the, by the SWAT team and hauled off to jail in front of his kids. Oh, classy. And they confiscated all, yeah, they, they confiscated all of his guns. Um, he, uh, he, got, he gets out of uh, uh, the calaboose, and um, uh, they say, oh, well, it's going to take up to two weeks for you to get your guns back from us. What? And uh, and I'm thinking, why would they do that? You know, why you know, you go through all their their mandated uh, steps to legally purchase these things, and then they show up and throw you in jail. That is. Uh, Sorry, Randy. Go ahead. Yeah, make it makes no sense at all whatsoever. Yeah, you know, Randy. These these are <clears throat> this is obviously something that is, um, it's it's one case. 
but it's an example of many things that have happened. And thank you for the call, Randy, uh, from Wyoming. It's an example of many things that happen. And a lot of times we don't want to stick just on anecdotes. But um, when something like this happens, we need to remember that the the right to self-defense is supposedly a right because it's sacrosanct. If you look at the Supreme Court decision in the Heller case, Antonin Scalia, after spending 66 pages saying that it is an individual right to keep and bear arms, at the end he said, but of course rights can be attenuated. Never, ever trust the government to protect your rights because it exists by infringing on your rights. Don't ever. Did you know the U.S. dollar was once a silver certificate? Nowadays, mentions of silver are nowhere to be found on the new Federal Reserve notes. The Fed can print as many dollars as they wish, thereby inflating the money supply and making the dollars that you have worth less and less. In fact, since the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913, the U.S. dollar has lost 98% of its purchasing power. The situation keeps getting worse. There's an alternative to the Federal Reserve note, and it's called the Liberty Dollar. The Liberty Dollar is a private legal currency that's 100% backed and 100% redeemable in gold and silver. It's America's second most popular currency. Every time you spend a Liberty Dollar, you're helping return America to value one dollar at a time. Not only is it simple and fun to spend the Liberty Dollar, but how would you like to get paid for it? That's right, you can get the Liberty Dollar at a discount and use it at a profit. For more information, please visit dollar.freetalklive.com or call 1-800-NEW-DOLLAR. That's 1-800-NEW-DOLLAR or visit dollar.freetalklive.com. We roll along at Free Talk Live. Freetalklive.com is the website and the phone number. Toll free anywhere is 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Your political poison control center number. Call us for an emergency if you want to sound off. It's radio you control. Ian and Mark are usually the hosts, but tonight you have Gardner. And Julia. And we hope we're doing a good job for you. And uh, yes, we are the consummate professionals anywhere in the world. You're listening to us right now, whether it's online, on XM, or on a radio station in your area thank you very much for bringing us into your world a little bit we've got lots of things to discuss and uh unfortunately there's one issue that i would love to introduce i know we want to get right back to the calls but julie and i were talking about downloading and uh there is a new legislation afoot everybody that would uh, give the government the power to shut down instantly shut down and prevent Google from giving even the address of websites that allowed for file sharing. So the piratebay.org, bonk, goodbye. Uh, it is being sponsored. There's so many of them, though. Yeah, yeah. It's being. This is being sponsored by Orrin Hatch, the uh, so-called conservative uh, blowhard from, uh, from Utah. And uh, it is called the Patriot IP Act. So look it up. Check it out. Just wanted to mention that to you because, uh, Julia, you made a great point, and I, I want to bring it up before we get back to the calls. And, folks, just hold on line. we right with you. Uh, you, made, you brought up the point. When it comes to copyright protection and so on and so forth, that is in the Constitution. But we're going to go beyond the Constitution to actually question, should the government be in charge of controlling who gets to share what with whom? And you said, if I bought a DVD and I wanted to let someone borrow it, would that be illegal? Right. What's the difference between file sharing online? Um, if I 
have a file DVD and I would like to share it with somebody, is there any difference between me letting you borrow a DVD and me letting you borrow the DVD online? Is there some sort of threshold that you reach when you've let five people borrow, 10 people, 20 people? How many, if you show it to uh, family and friends at a family gathering, is that illegal? Uh, where Where do we stop on this? Um, we think, I happen to think, that you can come up with a paradigm where the government doesn't get involved, where the government doesn't pass laws that give copyright holders unlimited, almost unlimited power to control their copyright uh, under the Sonny Bono Copyright Protection Act, which uh, made Disney the sole owner of Mickey Mouse for however many years it's going to be now, where you could have a private paradigm that controlled this sort of thing, where you didn't have to have politicians who were getting paid by companies and corporations and special interests to deal with patents and copyrights and things like that. It's a very interesting issue. Maybe uh, next time we come on, we'll talk about this and talk about the free market alternative to government copyright and government patent, which would still allow for products to be put out there and wouldn't have the politicians deciding on things. But I want to get back to the phone lines. And uh, now we're going to go to, let's see, Robert is in Medford, Oregon. Robert is listening to us on, I hope he's still with us, on KMED. Robert, thanks for listening to Free Talk Live. What can we do for you tonight? Yeah, I appreciate that. I just want to let you know I appreciate having you at another talk show that uh, I'm trying to make the public aware of the world around him and so forth. But um, in comment to the uh, lockbox system, I I uh, have a, a strong hunch that um, that they want that for uh, to have access to the uh, businesses and and look for violations and and uh, possibly leave something uh, hidden uh, behind uh, for evidence of some sort to um, have a, a situation they can use the judicial system to uh, shut the uh, business down. Absolutely. And, um, Yes, go ahead. And um, in order to eliminate their competition, I can see that, you know, like the um, Amish farmer who lost his dairy, and um, that's kind of pretty much obvious. Um, um, And not to mention the other, um, uh, the farmers are are starting to be um, um, concerned about uh, having the legal rights to create uh, dust uh, uh, and have violations in order to um, uh, have more control over the farmers. Um, Absolutely. And, And as you know, and thank you very much for the call. As you know, a lot of people are now starting to go off the grid as far as taxes are concerned. They're either getting, getting paid in cash or gold. Uh, they're following the lead of uh, Repairman Jack from the F. Paul Wilson Repairman Jack novels. Only pay me in cash or gold because I don't want to trace by the IRS. And um, And I could definitely see the government saying, well, we need to get access to your building. The, the very concept of the government saying we need – you will be required to – Give us a key to your place is not much different than you will be required to allow us to see you naked. You will be required to allow us to grope you. They're already doing that at the in the TSA. Exactly. And supposedly it's for your protection. And supposedly it's for your protection in your business in this particular uh, place. I'm not under, I, I don't understand what the argument is for the protection. I, I just don't see it. To me, it seems completely insane. Yeah, let's go back to the story real quick. Uh, folks, if you're just joining us, this is in Cedar Falls. And in Cedar Falls, they've got a story in Iowa that they want to pass an ordinance called number 2740. Uh, that would mandate the citizens to provide the government keys to their commercial properties, otherwise known as private property, open for commercial reasons, via lockboxes. And this would include businesses, apartments, and some rental houses. So we can look at the rental houses right there. If it's being rented out by someone, 
That's an evasion of their privacy. And the person who owns it is having his privacy invaded because he is not allowed to rent it under his conditions. It's his property. He allows people onto it based on what he wants. Why is it that we have this concept that whatever the community, as far as the government is, whatever they require is acceptable? I think that what it boils down to is years and years and years of indoctrination. I agree. I mean, this is not something that you learn overnight. This is something that you learn over your lifetime. Yeah, And they try really hard in the schools to teach this to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's go back to the phones and talk to, I believe, Austin is next in Charleston, South Carolina. Austin, you are on Free Talk Live with Gardner and Julia. Hello. Austin, are you there? We'll hold on, Austin, and go now to Jerry. Jerry in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Jerry, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you? Hello. Hello, Jerry. What do you have to tell us? Uh, well, I'm just uh, very, I agree with you on many of the issues you're speaking of. I do believe there should be some limited form of government. And I'm just interested, i got a couple questions to ask you, but I'm just interested in what your opinion is of the role of government towards our military. Well, uh, it's very interesting you should ask that, and thank you for the call. Very simple, succinct, to the point, Jerry. Thanks. Uh, the role of government to our military, well, I don't consider it my uh, my military. It's the United States government's military. The United States government is a corporation. Uh, the United States government is a group of people <clears throat> who uh, have the legal monopoly on force. Uh, it is being – it so far has been used uh, constitutionally uh, only in World War II and World War I. Uh, in Korea, it was not used constitutionally. In Vietnam, it was not used constitutionally. So uh, the mechanism that they set up supposedly for my protection is not even conforming to the rules that they swear to uphold. Uh, I once ran into a soldier who was on his way to Iraq. I was in an airport in Baltimore, and I saw his fatigues, and I said, do you mind if I ask you a question? He said, uh, no, no problem. I said, you swore an oath to protect and defend the United States Constitution, as opposed to what John McCain said, which is that he swore an oath to defend the nation, which, of course, he's a fool, so... Um, he doesn't even know what he swore an oath to defend, and so either that or he's a massive hypocrite or a liar. Uh, so you swear an oath to defend the d- Constitution. Uh, does it bother you that you're being sent into a military conflict um, and people's taxes are being taken from them, whether they like it or not, and there is no declared war, which is the only thing that is provided in the Constitution unless the um, government is going to issue letters of mark and reprisal? He said – and he looked down and he said, yeah, well – yeah, you're right, but I do what they tell me, which, of course, is exactly what the SS troops said in Nazi Germany. So not to you know draw too much of a parallel between it, but it is the mentality, and we've got to break that mentality. Now, the alternative, what would the alternative be? Get rid of the government and have private security. A lot of people think, well, is that workable, Julia? How could you have private security? Should we talk about it after the break? Absolutely. All right. Julia's going to weigh in on this one, and then we will get back to you. The number, 800-259-9231. Interesting questions to be answered right here at Free Talk Live. Did you know the U.S. dollar was once a silver certificate? Nowadays, mentions of silver are nowhere to be found on the new Federal Reserve notes. The Fed can print as many dollars as they wish, thereby inflating the money supply and making the dollars that you have worth less and less. 
In fact, since the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913, the U.S. dollar has lost 98% of its purchasing power. The situation keeps getting worse. There's an alternative to the Federal Reserve note, and it's called the Liberty Dollar. The Liberty Dollar is a private, legal currency that's 100% backed and 100% redeemable in gold and silver. It's America's second most popular currency. Every time you spend a Liberty Dollar, you're helping return America to value one dollar at a time. Not only is it simple and fun to spend the Liberty Dollar, but how would you like to get paid for it? That's right, you can get the Liberty Dollar at a discount and use it at a profit. For more information, please visit dollar.freetalklive.com or call 1-800-NEW-DOLLAR. That's 1-800-NEW-DOLLAR or visit dollar.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live, radio you control, and you can find it anytime at freetalklive.com and call us tonight. Right up through 10 o'clock Eastern Time at 800-259-9231. I am Gardner. And I am Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark tonight. And uh, we are glad that you are with us to partake in the intellectual discussion. (laughs) You don't get this sort of conversation often on talk radio. I was just um, lamenting to my sister a little while ago about how vapid and empty the conversation seems to be on talk radio. Uh, Just really dumb things that I hear (laughs) people talking about and not just the subjects but they'll take an issue that has deeper ramifications and they don't go into them they'll just say well i i don't mind if they're searching me at an airport do you mind let's talk about that instead of actually looking at for example things like uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier um, the air, air airlines, the the FAA, Texas, uh, and this is something we didn't get to address yet, Julia. We had a caller from Texas who was talking about how in Texas they have introduced something to try to oppose these unconstitutional conditions that are imposed by the federal government. Uh, there is a legislation that would make it illegal for the TSA individuals down there who have been thrown in by the government, the federal government, to grope people or look at them naked. It would be considered sexual assault, which it is. <clears throat> and uh, they, the federal government has threatened, of course, to uh, withhold federal uh, funds to stop allowing the FAA to check for flights that would be going in and out there. And so it seems that they're locked in. You're not locked in if you understand freedom and you understand history. And this is a great thing that we would like to spread to people. If more people understand that the federal government doesn't belong in there constitutionally in the first place and that you would have a better paradigm if it were privately done with airports providing their own security, with airports answering to what the customers wanted and what their insurance companies required them to have, then you would have a paradigm that had security interests and the interests of the customers, and you could pull your money away from it. Right. This is a concept that I think people, especially today, whereas somebody as young as me has really grown up with this security stuff, mm-hmm. um, with, the, with the airlines, I mean, why couldn't there be several different, there are several different airlines out there. Why couldn't there be um, some airlines that offered really high security? So if you're comfortable <laughs> with the TSA, if you feel that that is going to make you safer, you could choose to... To fly on that airline. Exactly. If you're someone like me who doesn't feel comfortable getting groped while they get on an airplane, you know, I, I could make the decision to fly on the less secure airline, maybe yeah. the airline where people are allowed to hold guns, for example. <laughs> well, that's it. And and I, I, there are a couple points I just want to make bring up. Suppose you have a right to keep and bear arms. 
but you can't extend that right onto a plane. Why? Because the government runs it. They regulate away your right. But I thought rights were untouchable. Not when government gets involved. That's the problem. Go ahead, sir. Well, I was going to say, and I think that some people instantly when they hear that guns on an airplane, they get very uncomfortable. But I would ask them to think about the fact that if guns by themselves were dangerous, why is it that shootings always happen in places where guns are banned, like schools? Why aren't gun shows the the hottest location for shootings? And as John Lott brought up in his monumental book, an economist looking at gun laws and statistics regarding what happens to a violent crime, anywhere that gun laws are freer and people are freer to own their guns, violent crime drops. Temporally across time, also regionally across areas, it is he has he's shown it. Look it up. Check out more guns, less crime. It's a great argument in favor of allowing people to have more guns. Now, that's the practical side of it. The philosophical and the uh, moral side of it is why should one group of people be telling you forcibly that you will not have a weapon? They're the ones who are going to have the weapons. I mean, it's the height of conceit. The other thing about it is that if you look at it historically, the United States government first got involved in regulating the air routes in the 1920s with the United States Postal Service and airmail. They started these things called lighted air routes where they would have visual flight rules and they put up these big towers with lights, east and west, north and south, sometimes northeast, northwest, and that sort of thing. <clears throat> and they they required they, – they prohibited airlines from traveling along those routes. From there, you get into the 30s with FDR, who strangely started to hand out a lot of money to people in certain areas for political favors. And that money just happened to go towards building airports in some cases. Many people wonder why Chicago is such a humongous hub for air traffic when so many times of the year it's an absolute nightmare trying to get in there with the winds and the rain and the storms and the cold and all that stuff. Well, it's because Chicago is one of the most corrupt cities in the world, and they were connected to Washington, D.C. So the entire paradigm started to grow. The federal government starts to pay and pay and pay. Then they start to regulate the airways. Now, as far as an argument goes on a constitutional level, if you're going to argue on this constitutional level and you want to argue against the existence of the TSA – uh, mention to them, A, that a, a warrant is supposed to be required. You're supposed to actually have a warrant, and it's issued by a judge upon his decision that there is probable cause that a crime has been committed and you must be searched. Okay, you got to have a warrant. It goes back to the common law days we discussed in the first hour. Second, the federal involvement in the airways, in any regulation of the airways, whether it's the FAA or the TSA or anything like that, or handing out money for airports, is patently, massively humongously unconstitutional and the way they do it is they say that it's interstate commerce and they can regulate it well anybody who knows the history of the u.s constitution or has read james madison's notes knows that the interstate commerce clause was written into the constitution to stop states from imposing tariffs on each other not to give the federal government or sweeping power over anything that went over state borders that is a misreading of it and it does an injustice to those people who wrote the constitution but again the constitution hasn't stopped these people they will misread anything they want to and if they have enough people they will take control and they'll use the power to do what they want which is why you want to keep government out of private affairs if you had private affairs in air travel as julia mentioned 
you would have options. And all of those options would be predicated on whether or not they could afford to get into the air. And if there were one problem, if there were one accident with a company that was very risky, guess what? They wouldn't be allowed to go into the air because they wouldn't be able to afford it. It would be too risky for liabilities. So you'd have an eventual balancing out of interest for security and for privacy. With the government, if you're dissatisfied, what are you going to do? Just watch YouTube and you'll find out about anybody who's dissatisfied with the TSA. So that's one point to bring up about air travel. What about security forces and things like that? We were going to address that before the break, and you were going to be discussing that, Julia, just a little bit. We had a phone call a little bit earlier about someone who uh, talked about the, the role of government and um, and what would we see as the role of government for private security and things like that. And I didn't want to monopolize the whole thing, so I just want to hand it over to you for a little bit and tell us what you think about this sort of thing. Are you speaking to me? You got it, girl. I, I apologize. I'm not I'm not sure what you were asking me. Well, we're, we're talking a little bit about, about private security and, and, and private justice systems, things like that. And um, the idea of having the government do this as, a, as, as opposed to having our, our, our idea, which is a private marketplace, do it. And uh, some people wonder – we were talking a little bit about this. Some people wonder how you could get uh, a military that would operate if you didn't have the government doing it. How could you have a, a national defense or a defense for a large number of people if you didn't have a nation? That forcibly took people's money from them for their own defense. Well, I think, first of all, I think that ultimately people are responsible for their own defense. Mm-hmm. I don't think that um, anybody else should claim responsibility for that. Um, there are so many parts to this question. I truly 100% believe that if the United States military were not occupying many hundreds of of I, I, the last number I've heard is 130. I know it's somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. If they were not occupying those countries, if they didn't have military bases in those countries, if we were not pissing people off all over the world, that people really wouldn't have a reason um, to to come after us. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, it would. It, it's hard to say how we would get to that point because at this point in time, we have pissed off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think that when you look at when you look at places like Costa Rica and and uh, um, the ne- the Netherlands, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have standing armies, and they're not being blown up because they just keep to themselves and they don't give people a reason to come after them. I I think if you look at geographic areas, I think obviously what we would find if we didn't have government forcing people to pay for it is you would have common interests among people to defend themselves. And they would, just like some condominium units do, they would hire competing groups of people in business for protection. And if those businesses weren't doing a good job, they would fire them. And if they were aggressing against other people who had private businesses, then they would be excluded from interaction with people and we would not deal with them. In the government paradigm, you can't choose not to deal with the government. So mm-hmm. much more to discuss. Thanks, Julia. I know we're up, up against the clock. That's true. Yeah, thank you very much, Julia. You're welcome. It's been great. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> 